Hello, everybody. Jace here. Quick message before we get to the main episode. Uh, you know, I try not to get too political on the show. Maybe if that's something that really interests the guest, we might get into a little bit of politics, but mostly we're here to just celebrate comics. But uh, I can't ignore what's going on in the world, specifically the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. So uh, on our Twitter, pinned as the tweet, is a link to UNICEF which is an organization that focuses on uh, areas of the world where there is a lot of strife, war going on. Specifically, they try to provide clean water, medical care, and other uh, essential needs specifically for children and families. So regardless of which side of the fence you're on, whether or not you believe that one side or the other is right or wrong, uh, we can all agree that children and their families shouldn't be suffering for the choices that their leaders are making. So please, if you have a few dollars, uh, every little bit helps. You can go to unicef.org, that's U-N-I-C-E-F dot O-R-G, and just look for the Ukraine appeal. Click there, or you can go to the Comic Source Twitter account, and the link is there for you to donate. So uh, again, appreciate the support, everybody, and I uh, hope you're all being safe out there. Welcome to another Comic Source Comic Boom collaboration. We are doing a War for Earth 3 spotlight to talk about War for Earth 3 number two, uh, which finishes up this event. A uh, ton of creators on this book, right, written by Robbie Thompson and Dennis Hopeless, art by Karen McCown with Dexter Vines, who are the same artists that did the uh, Crime Syndicate series series right yeah crimes like is that what it was called or was it called earth three yeah the crime syndicate series uh was written by um andy schmidt that we talked about we also have ariel olivetti julio ferrera and brent peoples uh on art so yeah ton of ton of guys doing the line work matt herms does the colors letters are uh by simon boland and i I did appreciate that the we had the same color artist throughout because it did help tie the art together, even though there are times where I got pulled out of the story a little bit like, oh, wait, that's a, that's clearly somebody different on the, the line work. Um, as far as the, for how the series ended up, eh, I sort of have mixed feelings about it, but uh, I guess we'll get into that. What did you think, Rocky? I was disappointed. Uh, I, my feelings aren't mixed. I was very, very disappointed. I This is basically, I think it's clear that the way this ends, it's very likely a lead-in to to final, to final uh, Dark Crisis uh, as Earth 3 has essentially taken off the playing field uh, out of the multiverse. But I, I, was, I thought it did a, a great disservice to the crime syndicate in general. I, I, I don't like the, the new, the, the way it ends up with the sort of like the new team roster. And uh, I felt that, Overall, I thought it was uh, I thought it misrepresented the characters of the crime syndicate for the most part. Uh, I was forgiving of it because I thought it I th I thought that the ship would right itself, but it didn't. It it I I was I was disappointed. It has some cool moments, but for the most part, I was I was quite disappointed with this. And I uh, 
I needed this. This is still the better. This is still the best out of Aquaman Trial of the Amazons. War for Earth 3 is still the best. But it's disappointing. And that just goes to show how disappointing all three are, frankly, between Aquaman Trial of the Amazons and War for Earth 3. Uh, DC needed a... I, I was looking for something more from Robbie Thompson and Dennis Hopeless, I, I, that they could nail this landing. And they did not, in my opinion. I, I was very disappointed in this. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, here, here's here's the thing. Like, if I read this book first, right? Let's say I hear, hey, there's going to be this War for Earth 3 event. And somebody says, okay, here's how it ends. And they give me the last issue and I read it. I probably would be saying, like you, uh, it didn't it didn't land at all. I didn't like it, disappointed, what, what have you. Here's the thing that kind of helped me not be so disappointed if that's a thing yeah. based on like part three, part four, a little bit of part two also mm-hmm. like, you know, that flash tie in where all it was, was Johnny quick shows up, tries to seal the cosmic treadmill. And then the Titans, we talked about it last week. Um, the, the, the Titans tie in, which again, you know, suicide squad shows up in Titans tower, or, or actually wasn't even Titan Tower anymore because that had blown up. But in their in their hideout, they snuck in even though they were there to ask for help, which made no sense, whatever. Yeah. The the kind of the quality of those two are not even the quality, because the Flash was still a great issue, but just how the War for Earth three parts of those issues were kind of afterthoughts. Yeah. I, I I had come to realize and accept that, yeah, this War for Earth three event event, and I use that in air quotes. Because it's not really an event. It's not big enough or important enough or consequential enough to be an event in my mind, to be called an event. Um, yeah. So my my expectations were kind of tempered already. Like I kind of expected this to not be that great. So I don't know. Maybe it worked out for me because I wasn't super disappointed. But uh, you want to give a recap and we'll talk more in detail? Uh, well, sure. Uh, uh, well, first of all, yeah, basically the the parts leading up to this, which and again, as we already alluded to, the the Flash issue and the Teen Titans Academy issues were really non issues because there was no progression of the of the story of the battles that were taking place on Earth three. It just had uh, Rick Flag Suicide Squad recruiting the Titans in Teen Titans Academy, and the the younger Teen Titans, some of the classmates of the younger. Teen Titan classmates joined Nightwing, snuck on board the the T-Jet as they flew to Earth-3. And then we have, we know that uh, Amanda Waller has convinced Ultraman to to take himself off the playing field on Earth-3. Basically, she convinced Ultraman that's saying, look, Ultraman, let me handle all your problems on Earth-3. Let me handle the politics and the nonsense with the government and and, and all the different government agencies and all the the world governments and and the spy agencies. Let me handle that and you can just be Ultraman. You You can be king. Let me be, let me govern while you are the king. And, uh, well, and, and, and what that means for Ultraman is she's yeah. going to run the day-to-day stuff and what he chooses to do. If you're Ultraman and you're all powerful and you don't have anything to do anymore, you go to the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> stare at giraffes, zoo. stares at the giraffe while eating an apple. And, you know, he's actually eating an apple while there's. You know, in the, yeah. in the opening scene here. I mean, like I said, and this is actually kind of comical in a way. That's actually yeah. some of the moments that I thought were maybe comical. I didn't even mind those aspects of the story. But I, 
In any event, Ultraman's taken off the playing field while Amanda Waller's uh, Suicide Squad or Multiversal Suicide Squad, because it's made up of all these various players throughout the multiverse, is taking on Rick Flagg's Suicide Squad. And Rick Flagg has Nightwing with him and the Titans. And, and it's a battle between them and Amanda Waller. And so we have Harley Quinn there, Mirror Master. And they're really they're attempting to really take out Amanda Waller's essentially a Suicide Squad. And she also has... A sen- you know, Donna Troy and, and Power Ring and Johnny Quick are now on the side of a, uh, of, uh, well, basically Amanda Waller while Ultraman is off the playing field. And, uh, and unfortunately, so they're, they're trying, the frustrating aspects of this, while they're, you know, Harley Quinn and Mirror Master, they confront Amanda Waller. She completely expects their attack. Meanwhile, she laughs when the, the the Teen Titans students try to confront her, and, and it's laughable because, it's of course, it's Amanda Waller. We're, we're not shown how she can defeat the students. I think the students could easily defeat Amanda Waller. I mean, they're they're powerful. She isn't. She's just a she's just a black woman with no powers. How did she incapacitate the young Teen Titans? That's never shown. So much is not shown on this. It's so frustrating. Um, I so Rick Flag talks to Nightwing and. Uh, and Harley Quinn and Mirror Master, they end up trying to figure out Amanda Waller's plans. And one of the one of the uh, people working with Amanda Waller is Yorick, this sort of like this Birdman in an astronaut suit, and he knows all of Amanda Waller's plans. And once again, we don't know what Amanda Waller's plans are. We're we're, we're told that well, you know, everyone's Amanda Waller. Amanda Waller tells everyone who gets close to her. Uh, from Rick Flag to um, uh, to Mirror Master to to Bloodsport throughout the issue, she tells a whole bunch of people what she's really doing, what this threat is, and you know she's basically doubling down on. I just want to. I finally found a planet that I can keep safe, I, and it's Earth three. But clearly, she's she's seen something as well. She's she's playing a, a larger game to to protect likely the m- larger part of the multiverse, but. We're not really previous readers as to know what the hell that is. And the reason why it's so deeply unsatisfying to me is we've known since Future State, we it hasn't been a secret what Amanda Waller's been up to since Future State. We know that ultimately she ends up essentially having a Justice League on Earth 3. We've known that for quite a while. We've known that the crime syndicate, the Future State storyline, had the crime syndicate taken off the table. And in this story... All it ends up is Ultraman's taken off the table, sent into the Phantom Zone uh, after he's made to throw up by Mirror Master and uh, Ambush Bug teleporting him, disorientating him, causing him to puke up Kryptonite, which weakens Ultraman. And then along comes Chulebra, who's possessed the Power Ring and put together the Phantom Zone projector, which Rick Flag nonsensically smashes to pieces because he's angry at Amanda Waller. <laughs> and... You end up with a with a brand new, I guess, a quasi Justice League. What Amanda Waller calls her Justice League, and her Justice League at the end essentially consists of uh, consists of Match, uh, Nocturna, and uh, Match, Nocturna, Donna Troy, Johnny Quick, the the Demon of Earth Eight, I think, uh, Green and the Green Lantern, John Stewart, and the Black Siren. And this is the new just Amanda Waller's Justice League, and the and the central conceit of this series is that at the end of this story is that Amanda Waller has won, and 
is it's almost portrayed as if this is somehow a revelation because but it isn't because I mean I now officially hate Amanda Waller as much as you uh Jace nobody can I mean, hate her as a- much Amanda as yeah exactly but I mean Amanda Waller has always won anyway she's never been really brought to justice so this is just another story this isn't a unique story that's unique because Amanda Waller won this is just yet another story where Amanda Waller won there's nothing new here, and it came at the price of the bastardization of the characterization of Owlman, who was made to look like an idiot, uh, Donna Troy, who's made to look like uh, a fool, uh, 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 Johnny, even, well, Johnny Quick seems to know the secrets of Amanda Waller, uh, Power Ring, I thought, I don't know why Power Ring is on Amanda Waller's side, uh, I'm not really sure what are all these secrets they know of Amanda Waller, I don't know why the world governments of Earth 3 Andy Schmidt, who did that six-issue crime syndicate series, where are all these other villains and heroes which are reversed because good is bad and bad is good on the Earth-3? They didn't... I don't don't even think that they they played adequately, that that Robbie Thompson didn't play adequately enough with that concept. And Dennis Hopeless, this was so profoundly disappointing to me. So what wasted issues with Teen Titans Academy, a wasted issue with The Flash... There's so much more to Earth 3 that deserves so much to be treated so much better than what we got in this far too short a story. And for what? For Earth 3 to now be taken outside the multiverse? Somehow at the end, out of nowhere, Amanda Waller has tech that allows her to literally dissipate and make the entire planet of Earth 3 disappear and off the plane of the multiverse. So, I mean, that's that might be interesting and play a role in Dark Crisis, I, and in, in the role, at some point, it's going to come back in the battle against the Great Darkness. The fact that Earth-3 is not in the multiverse to be maybe a victim of the Great Darkness, th- there's a cool element to that that that, I, that intrigues me. But I was really hoping this was going to be a story in and of itself where I could just get some good crime syndicate fun, Amanda Waller fun. And it, it would have... This came at the expense of the characters of the crime syndicate. Amanda Waller, this character that that she she just ends up to me Amanda Waller is not should not be able to fit in I, I don't I've she's an anti-hero. Earth 3 is Ultraman's domain. It's Donna Troy's, it's Owlman's. And for them to have been utterly humiliated like this, it almost emasculated uh it is at the expense of of the story, I'm just I just feel like heartbroken. I just I was expecting so much more out of this, and I mean there's there's really more I can say. I mean there's there there are some cool moments here, um there are some cool moments, but I'm still I, I just feel I just feel so disappointed in this, so disappointed in this, and and even even I mean Match and Nocturner. Match and Nocturna, literally throughout this whole event, except for a few pages in this final issue, spent the entire War for Earth 3 uh, storyline screwing in hell. They were literally having sex in hell throughout this entire series, except for a handful of pages here in the final issue. Now, again, that's there's a comical element to that, and we can laugh about that. And, you know, I'm even celebrating, you know, I'm wearing my, my Superboy shirt, or Superman, or whatever. But, I mean, it's... <laughs> Just as a storyline, this was this storyline was there was too much crap thrown at thrown at the wall here, and I um, 
I was just, I found myself deeply dissatisfied, especially where Ultraman ended up and taken off the playing field. And I just, I'm so disappointed. This should have been a story that stood on its own. And this shouldn't have been beholden to Dark Crisis. Uh, I got to I got to say like the, the cynic in me, because I like to be positive about to see, but this, the cynic in me, I, this makes me seriously question the state of editorial, the state of editorial, uh, malfeasance at, at DC right now. Cause this is, this is just a mess. This, this thing is a, me- a mess. And this, the messiness of this storyline really comes through for me in this final chapter. And, but, and, and like you, I mean, it's pretty sad. Like even, and I'll let you obviously speak for yourself, but it, it speak it tells me quite a bit about your point of view when you tell me that, well, I wasn't expecting much based on the last two issues. <laughs> well, I agree with you, but I mean, I was giving it the benefit of the doubt and I was disappointed. So I don't know. I, tell me, tell me that there was more to this story that you enjoyed than I did. I can't, I can't. I wish, I wish there was. I mean, it, it had potential. I wasn't as, as excited for it as you because, uh, you know, I wasn't, you know, even though I enjoyed what Andy Schmidt did, I felt like, well, it's not really, you know, the, the crime syndicate I'm used to. And I didn't enjoy it as much as the classic, but there was potential there. Um, like you said, I mean, but, but there's some fundamental differences. I mean, for me, the whole thing about Earth 3 was that the only hero was Lex Luthor and he didn't even actually have superpowers. And the only other superpowered beings were what was originally the five members of the, the crime syndicate and nobody else had powers. And that's, that to me is more interesting. And it feels like they did pivot to that direction here. There's very few superpowered people, which is sort of what Amanda Waller's going for. If I understand her, her motivations, right? Like if she wasn't able to, and again, it's, it's like pure, narcissism and hubris for her uh okay i was never able to to truly protect earth zero so i'm gonna go to earth three because i'm tired of being a failure right and again this is what she is saying because i agree with rocky she always wins it's it's annoying when she wins in a in a way that's cruel and manipulative um and you could in a way make the same argument about batman he but I would say his way of winning is more cold and calculating. But it, I don't know. Maybe at the end of the day, it, they're both the wrong ways to, to win, removing the emotion and human factor. But but regardless, from Amanda Waller's point of view, she can't keep Earth Zero safe. So hey, I'm going to go to Earth Three because, again, classically Earth Three, there are very few superpowered beings. So if she can get what superpowered beings there are on Earth Three to basically be under her thumb it's a lot easier to protect earth three because there aren't any other superpowered beings causing a threat and to rocky's point about this tying into dark crisis and he's probably right uh, she removes earth three from the multiverse so now there's no multiversal threats so what you've now you've saved the day amanda waller you truly have one and you're, you're going to be able to keep this earth safe why why does why do you even need superpowered beings if there's no supervillains and there's no multiversal threats. I got to imagine Amanda Waller is going to get bored pretty quick. Um, but a- anyway, I it's kind of a strange decision to make on on her part. So uh, it didn't it didn't necessarily ring true to me. But but there's a lot about this that doesn't ring true, and mostly in the characterizations which you already touched on. Because yeah, even these new versions of the crime syndicate don't necessarily act the way they acted in Andy Schmidt's series. Although I will say Ultraman in, in this 
series, particularly this issue, acts much more like the Ultraman that I'm used to. Yes. Kind of psychotic and, and crazy as opposed to Agreed. in Andy, Andy Schmidt's series, he was just a little more kind of whiny and immature. So I did uh, I did appreciate that. But where I think the characterization really went wrong here was was Rick Flagg. Like Rick Flagg was – they've portrayed him here as being so anti-Amanda Waller that he can't even – he can't even critically think. He can't even reason correctly. I know. Case in point, when he destroys the Phantom Zone projector. Like Rick Flagg is a, is a soldier and a tactician, and he's smart enough to know, okay, yes, my end goal is to take out Amanda Waller, but I can't even do that if Ultraman is around. So – to have him smashing the Phantom Zone projector yeah. because he's so paranoid that that Amanda Waller can't be trusted, that he's going to destroy the one weapon that can take care of Ultraman like that. I was like, no, <laughs> Rick Flag is smarter than that. I'm not a huge Rick Flag Flag, you know, stan or anything like that, but that that was maybe the the low point of the issue for me. Like, no, Rick Flag wouldn't do that. He's smart enough to to know that hey. This is the one weapon that can take out Ultraman. It doesn't matter who's wielding it. Uh, you get Ultraman off the playing field, and then you worry about everything else. So, yeah, it was a, it was a little problematic. As far as moments, yeah, there were a lot of great moments, like you said. Um, loved the, the blood sport moments. Um, loved the, mo- the moment where Ultraman says, I see you, Waller. I love the moment where he picked up a giant building and threw it at her. So, I mean, th- those felt like really cool, classic Ultraman moments. And the fight between Ultraman and, and um, Superwoman was fun as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there, there were some things here that, that were fun. But ultimately, it kind of felt like the whole, again, event, I use that with the air quotes, was just so they could take Earth-3 out of the multiverse for purposes of something they're going to do in Dark Crisis. Yeah. And it just so, uh, and an added criticism is what was the point of having Nightwing and the Teen Titans there? What was the point of having literally Nightwing and the Titans get there and that that the little Teen Titans are, are caught by Amanda Waller and they're basically she could use them as blackmail but then plays the hero saying I would never hit hurt kids and like bullshit she wouldn't hurt kids. She'd kill them in a heartbeat. She'd blow them blow their heads off if she had to. And then and then and so then Literally, before they do anything, Nightwing and the Titans all agree to go back and are transported back. They're literally taken off the battlefield within five minutes of them arriving, it seems. So it was a complete waste of time, a total waste of time, a total waste of time for an issue that, that, you know, what was the point of having the Teen Titans Academy issue other than some vain attempt to try to uh, prop up sales for a, a title that was already canceled? And I... You know, again, I don't, I don't mean, I mean, I know I'm sounding kind of harsh, but I just, it, you know, it was, it just seemed, it just seemed so, I don't know, all, all these wasted opportunities, this, you know, you could have had a, a story that was more focused and I really wish that uh, Robbie Thompson and, and Dennis Hopeless, I wish they could have, you know, you have two writers collaborating and their knowledge of Earth 3 just seems to be abysmal. I mean, there's very little uh, 
there, there's little evidence that they even under you know that they that they read Andy Schmidt's six issue series and Andy Schmidt's six issue series deviated from the in some ways from the traditional concept of Earth three but he got the gist of it he had a hundred Andy Schmidt in your interview with him he talked about having a hundred and fifty page Bible of Earth three characters. And uh, why are you using multiversal characters and bringing them to Earth-3 when you have a whole planet of Earth-3 villains that, that you could have used? And I, I thought this, uh, I mean, I, I'm sorry I'm being so harsh, but I, I, I really thought this just lacked imagination. This was Earth-3. Earth-3 is an awesome place and it's co almost completely unexplored. All we dealt with were the players of the crime syndicate. Owl Man, is bas Owl Man was completely written off as, a, as an idiot uh, in, in part one. Uh, Johnny Quick was brought back from the dead and seemingly Amanda Waller convinced him to be on her side because he must have known she, presumably Amanda Waller. Amanda Waller must know something about the impending crisis or dark crisis and uh, I'm starting to see a pattern here in the DC universe and we're going to be talking about these titles and I'm going to be making this one complaint on multiple DC titles. It seems like Deathstroke is another one, Amanda Waller. All these characters in the DC universe are having these visions of the Dark Crisis and they're not telling anybody about it. Good Jesus. Uh, coming out of the death metal, the, the entire multiverse, the citizens of the entire multiverse on every earth remember the crises that have happened. But then multiple multiple people are having visions of a dark crisis and they're keeping it secret so Deathstroke's working behind the scenes Amanda Waller's working behind the scenes because they have this vision for God's sakes like it's it, it's just it's it's just it's just getting increasingly frustrating to me and um uh I could definitely feel like I could go on a rant about this but uh look this is still better than Trial of the Amazons by a country mile and it's absolutely better than Aquaman after issue two, which I don't even want to read. We'll get into it when we review Aquaman in a second. Uh, um, but this is uh, this is strike one, two, and three. Uh, three strikeouts, unfortunately. Uh, and this is, you know, this at best, maybe this is a walk uh, to uh, the first base, but I'm, I'm just... I'm just so disappointed. I, I just was, I was so looking forward to this and my God, this was a, such an opportunity that was completely squandered because uh, this isn't earth three. There's nothing about this justice league. Earth three does not have a justice league. It has a crime syndicate and you don't destroy that mythology of the planet uh, simply to, for shock value. And, and that's what I feel this was for. And for the cheapest kind of shock value of Amanda Waller winning. Really? I mean, we, we had her in, uh, how many times do we have that in Suicide Squad? And anyways, my rant is, uh, my rant is over. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say that I enjoy this more than Trial of the Amazons. I'm enjoying that more than this. Uh, Aquaman, Aquaman, I don't necessarily see that as an event because I think it's an ongoing series, but I could be wrong. Um, and, and too soon to say after only two issues if uh, I'm enjoying that more than I'll enjoy this. Um, but one last thing I'll, I'll mention in terms of, you know, you wondering why the Titans even show up here. I, I do sort of agree, agree with you. Uh, typically a crossover crosses into something to help boost sales and give people a chance to try other titles. But yeah, Teen Titans Academy was already canceled. So, but in, in, uh, kind of play to play devil's advocate for DC editorial teen Titans Academy may not have been canceled when this was conceived and, and when this was put together. Um, and I, I have a feeling this might've been put together long before other things changed. 
And it always happens because they work, they've been working so far ahead. Maybe, maybe they've been working a little too far ahead on things. Cause that's sort of what it feels like. It feels like things have been changing and events like this sort of get left out in the cold when the rug is pulled out from under them. We know that happened with um, dark Knight's death metal. Although I, I kind of wonder if, I would have thought that was really any good, whether they anything changed for Scott Snyder or not. They still do 5G. I don't know that Dark Knight's death metal improves that much to where I would be singing its praises. I I really don't think that would have been the case. But regardless, what may have happened is some editorial things may have changed. But I do agree that Teen Titans didn't need to show <laughs> to show up here, didn't need to cross over Teen Titans Academy. Um because the other thing, and neither one of us really mentioned it, but with what happens at the end of, of Titans Academy, which is the part four, right before this one, they're all leaving Earth Zero to come to Earth Three. But then this issue starts, and they're right in the, we're right in the middle of battle. There's a big skip ahead, right? There's a big jump ahead in time. So we don't even get to see much of the, the fighting or the action. Like Rocky said when he was talking about it, there's a lot that happens in this War for Earth Three part five that we're told about and we don't necessarily see. And I think that's always a, a mistake. Um, Cause yeah, if you wanted to make this work and again, it might be just a, a sort of a, a problem of real estate and I, it's evident right away because on the, on the first double page spread, there's some huge dialogue or exposition boxes saying, here's what's going on. You know, here's what's going on with Rick flag. Here's, you know, this and that. And, um, so it's a way to, to move the story forward. And I'm like, well, if you guys didn't have enough pages and you're having to put in these huge dialogue boxes, why did you waste part three in Flash and part four in Teen Titans Academy? You could have put more actual story, War for Earth 3 story in those issues instead of what we got. So, yeah, I think if anything, if there's, a, in my opinion, if there's any failure with this event, it's the pacing. Um, more than anything, you know, I can maybe forgive some of the characterization stuff because maybe they are setting up for, for dark crisis. And in the end, that'll be a good story and I'll be able to forgive some of this, but yeah, it it wasn't paced very well. And that's, that's just the bottom line. So again, no, no slight to anybody. These are all talented creators, but I don't know. I I have a feeling, as I said, that that editorially things probably changed between when it was initially conceived and, and what we've got on the, the final uh, end here, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not the best. So we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but, but I will say he, he uh, you know, I want to end on a higher note. I, I thought, I thought, uh, Robbie Thompson and, uh, Dennis Hopeless, they, they captured, uh, Ultraman's, uh, to echo your comments, they did capture Ultraman's insecurities when he told Donna Troy Superwoman that he loved her when he knew he was trying to you know after just literally beating her and kicking her in the face and obviously being very cruel and very physically abusive to her uh you know and she basically calls him pathetic as he you know he's being projected away into the phantom zone only to cry to admit to donna troy that he he loved her and so that was actually uh that was those are the moments that i was looking for i was and i guess maybe this you know far be it for me you know this is called war for earth 3 so i thought there was going to be a crime syndicate focus and that the the suicide squad would be the guest the guests on earth 3 trying to take it over and uh but i had more fun reading the future state suicide squad 
than I did this uh, in terms of just the, the, the pacing and everything else. Uh, I got more teases there and I thought it was, it, it posed so many questions and this didn't, this didn't provide me any information that we didn't already know, you know, other than the fact that, okay, Earth 3 is now off the playing field. Now, I have to admit, if if, if at some point in, in the dark crisis, the multiverse is on the brink of collapse, and then all of a sudden, Earth 3 appears with the crime syndicate, and they have to release Ultraman to help them out to save the multiverse at a, at a, at a particular time in dark crisis, that can be a cool fanboy moment. So maybe this is all for some cr- creative setup going into dark crisis, in which case, you know, I mean, I that might be cool, but... I, I just don't like how we got there. I, we got there, but uh, so I'm not saying it's it. It might not have a, a payoff somewhere down the line in Dark Crisis, but this is. I got to tell you, this is this is not going to be a, a as a trade. These five issues, I, I think it's. I think it's like I said, it's going to be a kind of a pacing and structural nightmare. Yeah. Uh, well, that's going to do it for this episode, everybody. Don't forget to go check out our regular uh, DC Spotlight. Not a huge DC week this week but there are some some great books so be sure you go over and join those uh as always we appreciate everybody listening and tuning in on youtube so we will check you out next time see you later you can find the comic source podcast on spotify apple podcast stitcher google play or whichever podcasting app you prefer please tell all your friends about us subscribe and rate us the readings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners especially five-star reviews on apple Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening and we'll talk to you next time.